Hey everybody, just a little message before we get going. Um, I recorded this episode on a warm night, so I had a fan going, and uh, because I borrowed this uh, nice, sensitive, high-quality microphone from a friend of mine, uh, the sound of the fan got picked up on the recording. Hope it's not too annoying. Enjoy the show. Fun for everyone, especially me. I like the sound of that. Hey everybody, this is Star Wars Fun for Everyone, especially me. I'm your host, Tom Sutton. Now, uh, usually I like to record when I have something in particular to talk about. Um, but, you know, today I just, I'm just in the mood. So I thought, let's strap on their ear goggles, as uh, MCA once said. Um, I guess the one piece of uh, Tom Star Wars news is that um, I finally ordered and received uh, J.W. Rinsler's, Rinsler's The Making of, of uh, Return of the Jedi. So now I've got um, all three of his incredible making of books. Um, if you are... A bit higher on the nerd spectrum, you will probably be aware of these. These are, um, uh, you know, the ultimate behind-the-scenes books for the Star Wars original trilogy. Whew, uh, they are amazing. Um, <laughs> actually, like, um, detailed to, the, to a fault, almost. There's so much in there. Um, it's funny, like, I don't know if, if, you know, people who have lived in, uh, outside their own country and, uh, been, of course, you know, living in a society, in a, in a society with different currency, sometimes you'll spend money and go like, oh, yeah, that's reasonable enough. But if you like translate it back into your own currency, you go, like, oh my God, I, did I spend that? Like, um, now of course, like... You know, I haven't been living in Australia for 20 years or something, pretty much. Um, so, um, all prices, when I transform them into, like, Australian currency, seem expensive, pretty much. But, um, yeah, so this book was, you know, ended up being over 800 crowns, which is over 100 bucks Australian, and just, it seems a bit crazy. But then, yeah, I just, I just know that this is, this is one of those books where, like, it's going to be relevant forever, you know, for as long as you want to read about Star Wars, you, you got what you need. So, um, I'm halfway through the Empire Strikes Back one, and, um, of course, I'm not going to start on the, the Return of the Jedi one until I've finished the Empire one. So I just had a quick flick through it, and, I mean, just some of the, the imagery, is it's already like, yep, I got my money's worth. <laughs> <laughs> already uh, amazing mm. all right so I have nothing much to talk about but I just felt like talking about Star Wars so we are gonna do a chunk of our uh, Rise of Skywalker appreciation session um, our next episode of the podcast will extremely uh, you know the plans are that we have a guest so we won't be doing um, any the uh, Rise of Skywalker um, commentary and enthusiasm uh, for that one so I figured let me just jump on, do a chunk of it right now, because, as I said, I'm in the mood. So, here we go. Um, we are 
at the point where uh, Poe, Finn and Rey have um, found their way onto Kylo Ren's Star Destroyer um, so Finn and Poe have just headed off to save Chewie um, and uh, I think we might have already had the I'm a spy the, I'm the spy uh, scene one of my favorites and where we are starting off with uh, starting off today is Ray finding Kylo's quarters and um, she's on the hunt for his dagger of course uh, for the dagger I should say all right I'm gonna hit play here we go um, yeah, this was a yeah, cool set design. Um, man, it's shiny. I, it, to me, it gives it doesn't give me the, the impression that like anyone could possibly really live here because it's so cold looking. But uh, of course, that speaks to Kylo's um, character in lots of ways. So it's very effective, but uh, kind of interesting. Um, so there's some stuff here. It's almost like arranged in a kind of a, a glass display cabinet on the wall in a way. It's just like a bunch of mechanical stuff. Looks super good. So big, um, big high fives to the set designers and, and um, um, production designers on the film. I think all this stuff for all the, you know, the new films has looked amazing. 10 out of 10 for all of that. Now we have uh, Ray. You know, she's picked up the dagger. She's got a bit of a feeling about it. Yeah, I mean, all right. I'm gonna hit the pause button pretty hard through this because, man, this stuff is cool. <laughs> I mean, we got more more shots of Kijimi, which I'm extremely into. I just love the look of that uh, city. So awesome. And I think like, um, I mean, even the biggest like detractors of uh, The Last Jedi really enjoyed, um, or at least like had good things to say about um, the kind of like force time, as, it got, as it's been called, between Rey and Kylo. Um, uh, and this is one of the coolest moments of it, where you're kind of swinging between seeing him on Kijimi and her in his quarters on that Star Destroyer. And um, what was really surprising to me when I watched the behind the scenes stuff is that um, I just assumed they shot this stuff on, you know, a bit on this stage, a bit on that stage, a bit of CG whoop-de-doo and off we go. But actually, like, a lot of these, like, um, shots where they're panning across and you actually see the scenery change um it's um it's actually f a physical set they've built there to do that change which is cool i don't think we'll ever stop being impressed by you know physical stuff being built um it just somehow adds to the magic even though the you know the amount of work and expertise that goes into doing cg stuff is you know just it's just just as much hard work and talent goes into that, um, but there's something something magic about having um, physical tang tangible stuff 
So when you go back and you look at the making of and you see that stuff, it just adds to it somehow. Um, here we go, I'm going to hit play again. Ah, Ray's cool as hell. And uh, man, Kylo's helmet with the threads of red flowing through it. So nice. I just think, um, especially, you know, when you see him against the, like, the white background of his chambers, that stuff really is just, it's glowing. And I think the stuff in this scene is, is you know, when, like most people, uh, this, this movie felt pretty rushed. Wow, come on, lightsaber battle, here we go. Man, I, I really have to get myself a 4K Blu-ray player. This looks really good on Blu-ray, of course, on normal Blu-ray, but... Especially since I've seen it in IMAX so many times now, it's like, I can see the difference in visual quality between that and the Blu-ray. I just think, um, like, visually, they work together so well. They work, like, they look... They just look cool together, and it's like uh, this kind of thing of them being two halves of the same coin. To me, that really worked. Oh, yes! Awesome, we haven't had the uh, I'm the Spy section yet. Oh, 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 oh. Yep, yeah, I, I mean, I have to say, like, I don't think... I don't think any of the lightsaber stuff in this film matches um, the throne room in The Last Jedi or um, the, the Starkiller base um, lightsaber battle. I don't know, it felt a little bit like that. Maybe they were a bit out of ideas or something. We have this bit of... Now they, okay, hang on. I'm going to pause it for a second. Actually, and I'm even... I haven't done this before in our thing. I'm actually going to rewind and pause it for a second. Because um, when you see uh, Ochi of Bestoon um, executing Ray's parents, there appears to be a figure in the background. Just a moment, I'm freeze framing it backwards. Oh, but you know, <laughs> I get to enjoy this, um, these lovely shots of Ray and Kylo while I'm doing it. <laughs> I don't know if some people may know this. Oh, here we go. All right. So I'm going to back it up. There was a guy in the background right there, I think. I wonder who was there. Oh, nah. Ah, press the wrong button. All right. I'm going to try this again. Sorry. This <laughs> champagne podcasting here. Ah, I'll, I'll leave it. But um, let's see if I can nail it. But um, yeah, I wonder who that was in the background there. Was it uh, just random, you know, like uh, Sith acolytes working for Palpatine? Here we see that, that physical change over again. Nice. Let's see if I can pause it in the right spot here. Okay. 
Man, Ochi or Bestoon's a nasty-looking character. I didn't really see this before, but his eye sockets are completely filled with some kind of mechanical eye. And you know what? I've never made the connection before. His head fittings are pretty much like Lobot's. I never thought of that before. That's interesting. There we go. Yeah, look, there's a couple of bikes in the background. One of them's got a blaster aimed at Ray's parents. Who are these blokes? This is very interesting. I guess that maybe they're just henchmen. Random henchmen. But I've not heard anyone else talk about them before, and I've never really... Interesting. Hmm. You know what has still doesn't make sense to me to this day? Okay, so... Now, Ray saw that ship take off from Jakku when she was left there. You see it in the force pack and she mentions it in this film. I've seen that ship before. My parents were on that ship when they left Jakku. But in the scene where you see Ochi murdering them, they say like, she's not on Jakku. So... Were they killed on that ship while the ship was still docked on Jakku? And then the, then the ship took off and Rey knew that they were on that ship? Or she, could she sense what was left of them somehow still on that ship? I don't think that was very clearly explained, if there is an explanation. It's not impossible that they... That <laughs> There might have been a bit of JJ and Chris Terrio messy business. Ah, but these shots, close-ups of them, the lightsabers, and just, especially when you see the, the light of the sabers just like really shining in Ray's eyes, it's fantastic. I wonder if that's, um, I mean, it must be CGI, I think. Now, this is one of my favorite moments. I gotta turn up the volume a bit. Finn's new hair was, that was a good choice. Good hair, Finn. And I just love it. Chewie just looks so fed up with the both of them. Here we go. <laughs> and both are like, I knew it. No, you didn't. Okay, but fun moment from, um, from the premiere when I was uh, watching this film. I, um, Huck says, I'm the spy, and there's that split-second pause, and then I said out loud in the cinema, in exact same timing as Poe, what? <laughs> Fantastic. Um, you know, I've heard some, no, I haven't. I've seen the odd person on Instagram or wherever on social media saying like they should have kept Hux serious and scary like he was in The Force Awakens. I never bought him as serious as scary to be honest so when they turned him into more of a, a, a comical character in The Last Jedi I thought that was a great way to take the character. So I just didn't think, I don't think the the scary young neo-nazi thing was really landing to be honest. Mm. 
right, let's do just a little bit more. Ah, oh, uh, just rain nailing stormtroopers. C3PO with that. Oh, my first laser battle. Man, again, 3PO, awesome in this film. <gasps> All right. Here comes Kylo Ren. I remember, you remember when, like, uh, we had, like, leaked images and posters and stuff from the film coming out? And, um, C-3PO had the bandolier and the crossbow. And people were like, what does that mean? You know, and I think we had seen 3PO with the red eyes. And like, does 3PO go, like, turn into a murder droid? Glad that never happened. This hangar looks incredible. Seriously, it, this is... Maybe I'm a sucker for, like, for visuals or something, but... If this was the entire film, just this, like, five-second shot of the hangar, I'm pretty... I'm, I'm already happy. It just looks so cool. And, um... I really like how Kylo's uh, TIE Fighter is, like, super elongated. I like that. Alright, now we're we're coming up, of course, into the moment most disliked by people who weren't into this film. But, I mean, look at Daisy's face. This is shot perfectly. I think to get the focus on her face, that correct must have been tough. So cool. Anyway, it's when uh, Kylo reveals that she is a Palpatine. Um, I have to say, yes, when, um, when I was in the movie, that felt very, like, as I've said before, anytime you get a mental picture of the, the writers sitting there at the, like, at their, with their laptops going, what do I do here? Yeah, man, hey, Chris, shall we make her, make her a Palpatine? Oh, yeah, that'll do. It, it feels like that, you know, uh, a little bit. But, I think once I was like, once I was okay with that, or not okay with it, but once I had seen it a few times, like you start to see like the seeds being sown throughout the film a little bit more. Um, and also like, oh, this is amazing, this stuff. The Falcon comes to pick her up. The, bl the blast, the troopers go flying. Kylo, Kylo's too strong. I can't knock him over. The look on his face is amazing. And this jump, I remember it was in one of the trailers. And the music, like Ray's theme fires up. Get in there. Star Wars gold. Alright, I'm pausing it there. So um, anyway, back to the Palpatine theme. Yeah, I think that, as I was saying, like, once I had seen it a couple of times, I started to see the crumbs that were being dropped along the path a little clearer and also reflected a bit on um, one aspect of The Last Jedi which always was a bit funny to me, you know, like this whole thing of the, you know, the darkness of that, um, of the pool and Luke being scared and whatnot if Rey had just been like a nobody who had displayed no dark side tendencies at all, 
except for, you know, being up for a bit of kicking Kylo's ass pretty hard on Starkiller base, but, you know, I think we all... I think that falls well within the bounds of just, like, heroic fighting behaviour, you know? Um, yeah, I, I... I really think that that decision, you know, like... It sucks in some ways, but in other ways it works really well. Like, as I said, it explains that thing, the, that kind of the darkness stuff on um, on Akto with Luke. Uh, it explains his reluctance to train her. Um, I never needed any explanation for how strong she was. Uh, but if you're one of those people, this helps to explain that. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I don't hate it. I think it's pretty good. And also, it works almost like the, I think I've said this before, like in a mirror image where um, yeah, you have Kylo being the son of these great people. Um, and going one way, and she's, you know, related to the most evil person, and she's gone the other way. I think it's good. I think it's cool. But yeah, as I said, I think, like, that whole, um, on the Star Destroyer section, visually stylish and exciting, um, the jokes are great, the action is, is, is smoking, um... I love, I really, I like that, you know, the setting that that conversation happens in. It feels a little bit like Kylo just kind of drops it. Yeah, yeah, sis, you're, you're Papa and your granddaughter. Woo. Yes, but um, overall, I really, I'm okay with all of that and I uh, really like it. All right, so as I said, um, this was just a short one because I was in a Star Wars mood. Um, uh, yeah. Next episode, we uh, are hoping to have a guest with us. So, looking forward to that. So, thank you for listening. This is Star Wars Hunt for everyone, especially me.